Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and it is Thursday after the main show, which can only mean one thing. We're talking UFC with James and Mason. What's going on, James? Um, to be honest, man, I'm a little bit disappointed with the introduction. I thought this was the main show, so that's sort of um, downplayed my hopes for the show. But all in all, I'm very well. Thank you. How about yourself? <laughs> Not too bad. Not too bad. Always <laughs> humble, James. Always humble. Such yeah, a pleasure. Yeah, I've always got a humble pie right beside me. Mason, what is going on, man? I'm doing well, Arch. I'm back here for all my fans out there. Yeah, the the, the fans demand Mason, so we give them Mason. So, James, I want, I want to revisit a topic we talked about last week. Um, I don't know where this. I don't like where this is going, but please go on. I had posted the question a while back on the DGens app. Does yes. James have COVID? Yes yeah. or no? It was split yeah. 50-50. You announced that I had to eat it because you did not have corona. Yep. Can we can we get a follow-up to that story? Sure, of course. Anything for you, son. Um, so basically, I assumed, clearly wrongly, that I tested negative for corona because I was told if I did not receive a text within 24 hours, I'm COVID-free. So I was, you know, I was enjoying myself. I was bragging about it on social media to my friends, to you boys. And then Saturday morning, I woke up to a very nice text from the NHS saying, you have tested positive COVID, please stay indoors for two weeks. And I genuinely felt embarrassed. I let myself indoors and made sure I didn't respond to you boys all day after I told you. And then we just got on with it. So I can confirm that I do have coronavirus. Is what it is. I'll have that slice of humble pie. Um, we'll go on with the show. I mean, yep, I've got it. So to all the people that voted yes in the poll, there you go. You're gonna. You should have cashed those tickets. And I've got COVID. <laughs> Man, so you get? Are you basically spending a month inside locked locked up? Yeah, pretty much. I've been, oh, God. <laughs> so as soon as mine is up, that would have been nearly five weeks. I've been had to have isolated for. <laughs> tough that's tough dude sorry i'm sorry about that <laughs> it really is. that is what it is it is what it is i've been i've enjoyed myself kept up to date with work but apart from that i just literally i don't know what the outside world is like <laughs> you know so much could have gone on outside i wouldn't have known a thing mason i don't know if i can handle being locked in inside for five weeks i don't know about you i i just feel for james's um housemates <laughs> why is that mate they've got they've got to listen to you for five weeks to, yeah, to be fair, I mean, unfortunately, what can you do? That's, that's what you signed up for. You've signed up with me for the year. you just got to get on with it. Oh, man. I mean, there's only so much pornography you can watch. I mean, after a while, it's going to get boring. So, I, Yeah, just... my landlady had to ban me from the Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. So I denounced that. <laughs> All right. So I'm on data for this one. All right, let's get into it, gentlemen. We've got some fights to talk about. Main event. Do. Main event. Brian Ortega versus the Korean zombie, right? Hundred percent. This is going to be an absolute classic. I mean, you look at Korean Zombie on paper; he's fought for such a long time now, and he's had a, a title opportunity already. Lost to Jose Aldo, but you know, ever since that loss in two thousand and thirteen, he's certainly become a better fighter. I mean, he's won 
three out of his last four since the defeat to Aldo. He hasn't been as active as he should be because after that Aldo fight, I took a four-year layoff. And we sort of saw some like resurgence in the Korean Zombie when he de- defeated De- Dennis Bermudez by a first round knockout. Fortunately lost to Yoye Rodriguez for a knockout. And I don't know if you saw that. I think that was uh, two years ago now. It was that crazy elbow knockout, which was like a second to go even for the judges' scorecard. So he could have maybe avenged the decision. I don't know. And then he defeated Renato Moicano again via knockout. And again, recently, Frankie Edgar via knockout. So he's on this such a great run of form right now. And it's great to see the Korean zombie. We've seen a new Korean zombie. He's got a great background. It's a bit of a striker, he's a knockout artist, but he's got a lot of submission wins under his belt. And it'll be interesting to see how he competes against a guy like Brian Ortega, who himself is a master tactician on the mat. And you, as if you're a Korean zombie, you don't want to be messing around on the floor with uh, Brian Ortega because he can submit you. The last time we saw Brian Ortega was in his defeat to Max Holloway, and that was nearly two years ago. Injuries have sort of hampered his return. So I want to see what version of Brian Ortega you know, comes up for this fight because if he's more motivated than ever, then maybe he can, you know, win, we'll get him back in the title mix. But if he loses, where does that leave him? Will the injuries pay dividends in this fight for Ortega? I, I genuinely don't know. It's going to be an interesting one. I'm very much looking forward to it. And as I said, there's there's so many opportunities for Ortega to catch Young himself. And I think the sort of the best way for Ortega in this fight is to sort of set traps on the feet and, you know, to prepare for the scrambles where he can get the submission but if he's going to simply stand up and trade with a guy like the Korean Zombie, then his technique and his power literally pierce through Ortega's defence and end the fight in any round, really. So in this one, I think the Korean Zombie definitely has the ability to keep the fight standing and sort of pick him apart early on. And, you know, once he connects, it's lights out. And I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for Korean Zombie... Oh, by TKO in the third. Third round TKO. Third round TKO Korean zombie. Excellent. Mason, what do you got, man? Uh, well, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if um, Bring Rust is going to pe- play a huge factor in this fight for Ortega. As we know, he's not fought since the Max Holloway defeat back in almost two years ago now, like James said. But the the ground game of Ortega, no one can deny. It doesn't matter how long you're out, I'm sure he's still got it. And I've, as we've seen in interviews over the past week or two, he said that the fire is reignited. His love of MMA has came back. And and a hungry fighter is a dangerous fighter, as we all know. And for that reason, I'm going to go for a Brian Ortega second round submission. Second round submission. All right. So yeah, it looks like you know, Ortega opened up a pretty pretty healthy underdog, plus one hundred and sixty. Still plus one hundred and sixty now. Green Zombie minus one hundred and eighty-seven. Still minus one hundred and eighty-seven now. I'm hard pressed to disagree with James here. Just looking at it, I would kind of kind of lean towards the Korean Zombie here. Um, let's see what kind of, we're catching a lot of plus lines here. Uh, if the Korean zombie wins by KOTK or submission plus 100. So it's the smallest one possible. Ortega <laughs> wins by any kind of early stoppage plus 240 in the third your James is catching plus 900 in the second Mason's catching plus 900. So damn, a lot of money to be made right there in that main event. Either of you guys hit going to be nice. <laughs> All right. James, I know you're on point with the UFC schedule this weekend. Who do you got next? Oh, for God's sake. Uh, Caitlin Chagugian versus Jessica Andrade. Yes. So you've got, yep. Again, when you just look at some of their records as of late, Jessica Andrade, 
in the last fight against Rosanna Yunus, lost via decision. Zhang Weili was knocked out in the first round, so she's not in the best of spells as of late. And obviously, she's moving up uh, weight category, I believe, to flyweight to fight Caitlin Chagugian. Um, on paper, I'm probably leaning towards a decision on this one. I don't think we're going to sort of see a finish in this one with Caitlin. Sean, she's on a mixed, you know, run of form. She's doing okay recently. She's coming off of a win over Antonina Shevchenko, but before that, she lost to Valentina. And you know, there's no shame in losing to Valentina. Like no, nobody's beating her anytime soon. Caitlin, she's probably comfortable standing on her feet. She's got some decent striking skills, and she's got a very good striking background. She's got a couple of knockouts under her belt. So again, with Jessica, yeah, she's probably going to want to stand and trade with her in a way, or look to implement her decent submission game. She's got a lot of, uh, she's got a couple of submission uh, wins under her belt, but she literally, she's very sharp and striking. She lands a very, a lot of significant strikes a minute. She's got a decent accuracy with her strikes, but again, she's very aggressive going forward and she loves to hit. So it'll be a probably a striking battle, but if the fight does go to the floor, then maybe we can see Andrade sort of, use that great ground and pound that she's got and potentially maybe even get the submission. That's probably a path to victory. But then again, she's very capable of standing and trading with a woman like Caitlin Chagugan, who has showed some aggressiveness in the last couple of fights, which does give you some confidence going into this one. But she's very conservative in her, in her offence and the way she goes forward. So the size advantage might may come up clutch for Chagugan in this one. There's definitely a path to victory for Caitlin on this one, but I still think going forward, Andrade is still the aggressor, has the sort of edge in terms of the power and certainly has the advantage if the fight goes into the clinch or even on the ground. I don't think, like I said, we'll see a finish, so I'm going to go for an Andrade by decision. Mason? Um, I agree with a lot of what James has said. I think Andrade's going to be the, uh, the aggressor in the fight and I think if Caitlin works her shots right, she can have a good few counter punches. If it goes to the ground, I would um, favour Andrade, but I think Caitlin's going to do what she can to keep it on the feet because, as James has said, she's got she's got decent striking, and I'm going to go for a Caitlin via decision. Oh, okay. Very good. Uh, Andrade wins by decision plus 200. Caitlin wins by decision plus 175. Very good there. Uh, both sides. Caitlin wins overall plus 127. Andrade minus 147 just to win the fight, period. So, yeah, Andrade is a nice little favorite. What, 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 what jumps out at me when I look at these stats is that, that Caitlin grappling is just abysmal. Let's just honestly. Mm. I mean, her mm-hmm. takedown defense here, UFC stats has got lift. Her takedown defense is at 50%. She can't take anybody down. Her takedown accuracy is 15%. She doesn't even try to take anybody down. She averages 0.31 takedowns per 15 minutes. Oof. So, I mean, the path uh, for victory for Andrade is get her to the ground, right? I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the, she can certainly do that. And obviously, with 20 of her professional wins, seven of, them, seven of them have come via submission. She's very versatile in her approach. So, if she can, if there's an opportunity to get the fight to the floor and sort of work it from the clinch and maybe, you know, go for the single or the double and get the fight to the floor, she can even get the finish there. But, um, Hopefully, Caitlin's improved in her ground game coming into the fight. She hasn't fought since May, so hopefully she spent that time working on her wrestling and her, um, her ground game. Otherwise, you know, just could take the fight to the floor very early on. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be what she's working on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a pretty god big goddamn hole in her fighting right there. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, moving on, we got Jimmy Crute, right? Yes, versus uh, Modestus Bukalkus, my boy. Oh, this is going to be a hard one. This is going to be a hard one. I mean, I've spoken to Modestus several times, and I, I genuinely love the bloke. I mean, not in that way. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Um, he's won titles at Cage Warriors. He's done very well in the European promotions, Modestus Bukalkus. He sort of, sort of made a name for himself in these sort of promotions and on his... Uh, in his UFC debut, he won uh, against Mikleardis by a first round ticket. It was a bit of a weird stoppage, like the, weird the way the fight finished. Still got the job done in his UFC debut, so, you know, fair play to him. And both of these men are big, like heavyweights. I mean, Jimmy Crute's 6'2", Modestus is 6'3". Uh, Crute, he's, he's got a, a 74 inch reach advantage that may sort of help him get the fight to the floor because you know what Jimmy Crute's like. Once that fight goes to the floor, you're not beating Jimmy Crute. And I think with Crute's sort of orthodox stance, he's going to obviously come out pushing for the takedown from the get-go. I don't know if he has the ability to sort of stand with against a guy like Modestus Bukowskis, who you can literally finish the fight in any time. He's got heavy hands. He can literally, he's can. he got an impressive reach. He's, I think it's 78-inch reach, I think. So he's got a very good reach to back up his striking technique. So it's very impressive so far in his career. He's 11-2. and two. And again, he likes to switch up the style when the fights Modestas and sort of confuse the fighters in a way. But again, Modestas has done very well in his last few fights. But the one big difference is in Jimmy Crute, he can obviously take the fight to the floor. It's a bit of a takedown wizard. Uh, sooner rather than later, that fight is going to the floor. And it's just a case of whether Modestas' defense has sort of come up clutch in this one. I don't know if he's, I don't think he's the best on the map personally, Modestas, but he's very good defensively. But again, with a guy like Jimmy Crute, the fight will go down to the floor at some point. It's, it's you know, it's heartbreaking for me to say this. I want to say Modestus Bukowskis because I genuinely love the bloke, but I'm obviously I'm going to keep this professional air arch and I'm going to give you a more accurate decision on this one. I'm going to go for Jimmy Crute by a second round submission. Okay, Mason, do you concur? Um, I don't. I think I think the I think Modestus is going to be able to stop his takedowns, but if Crute does manage to take him down, then. I, I agree totally with what James is saying, but with Modestus' stand-up, I think that's going to be the deciding factor in the fight, and I think he's going to be able to stop Cruz's takedowns. And as we've seen in his last fight, the elbows that ended up being the factor that stopped the fight, and that they were nothing short of, well, dangerous, let's say. And then we've seen Modestus win multiple times by elbows, TKOs, all, all that. So I'm going for a Modestus second-round TKO. Ooh, I like it. KO. So the, Modestus opened up a healthy, healthy underdog. Plus, mm. two, plus 280. Although now he's shifted to plus 260, so it looks like at plus 280 people were willing to back him. There's enough value there. Crew uh, opened up minus 353. He's minus 324 now, so still a pretty overwhelming favorite. So the question you got to ask is, is there enough value for Modestus just to, to win the fight? And I think Mason, Mason says oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There certainly is. There certainly yeah. is. And I mean, I, I know I've obviously backed against him. I hope he genuinely proves me wrong because, I, you know, I've got nothing but respect for him. He's come a long way in his career. He's cha- uh, trained with John Jones at Jackson Wink. And in his short career, he's been very successful with Modesto. So there's certainly a path to victory for him. But it's just whether he can defend those takedowns because eventually the fight, I think, may or will definitely go to the, um, go to the floor. It's just a case of whether he can sort of hold his own on the mat. And I, I, I generally don't think he will. But in the striking exchanges, Far superior. Crute to win the fight early, KO, TKO, or submission, minus 200. 
So you still got to put up quite a bit of money just for him to win, you know, an early stoppage. Ooh, so that's scary. Uh, Modestus wins early KOTKO submission plus 375. Does the fight go the distance? Yes or no? No is minus 500. So it definitely looks like <laughs> this is probably not going to the judges. This is going to get settled. It's, it's so scripted, this MMA game. It's scripted for us to be a ball fest and go to the judges now that we've called it. <laughs> nice. We jinx it, boys. There it is. There it is. All right. So what do we got next up? The Claudio, Claudio Silva? Yeah, Claudio Silva versus James Carson. Going into this fight, I think, predominantly, uh, Claudio Silva is a welterweight, and so obviously this fight is taking place at welterweight. James Carson is going to have to cut down a little bit more weight to get to the to the weight class, but he obviously is familiar with uh, welterweight. He's fought there several times throughout his career, but recently he's moved up to middleweight, and it's going to be an interesting one to see how we can sort of, if he is capable of cutting weight, which he probably will, but his last fight in February was against Trevin Giles, lost by a decision that was at middleweight. So he's coming back down to sort of more familiar territories in a way. So when you look at the pair on paper, they're very similar in terms of their approach. A lot of these guys have got submission wins under their belt. James Carlos is heavily experienced going into this one. He's got 35 professional bouts. 14 of them have come, uh, 14 of those wins of those 27 wins have come via submission. Yeah. So he's very accomplished on the ground. He will ultimately from the get go, look for the takedown and he's got a he's got decent accuracy and again same with Claudio Silva and his approach I think he's he's on an unprecedented streak right now Claudio Silva he's very very talented he's 5-0 in the UFC banner don't think he's lost since his debut and that was gone way back when so he certainly improved um, improved in that sort of department and again He's got a lot of wins via submission. I think nine of his 14 wins have come via submission. So I think it's going to be a case of really, I mean, both have sort of accomplished on the floor. It's going to be a case of who can sort of edge the striking exchange in a way if the fight does stand or the fight does go to the floor and the ground and pound comes in to display it. I don't know. Kraus is certainly a balanced fighter who does have some power. But I genuinely think Claudio Silva just sort of has the ability to, to withstand Kraus's shots. I think... Kraus is going to be the favourite going into this one just because he's the bigger fighter. He's got the longer reach. He lands significant strikes every minute and he's very more balanced. But I genuinely think with Claudio Silva's better, you know, takedown and grappling in a way, I think he can sort of stuff those shots and potentially look to get the fight up in the clinch and maybe on the floor. I think this one does go to the judges' scorecards. This is going to be a very, very close call, but I'm going to go for a silver by decision. All right. Mason, where are you landing? Um, I, I've, I agree with the winner of James. I've gone for a first round submission, but I think any any of the guys have the ability to submit each other because they've both got good submissions. And as James has said, well, there's numerous submissions for both guys, but I don't I don't see it going the distance. I see Silva ending in the first round by a submission. I like it. Silva opened up plus one fifty. Kraus opened up minus one seventy five. But that's the money disagrees. Um, so Silva went from plus 150 to plus 135. So he got 15 cents worse. Kraus went from minus 175 to minus 156. So he got 19 cents better. So it looks like as soon as that line hit, but betters were jumping on Silva. It's like, mm. so yeah, I like it. So you can follow James, you can follow Mason, or you could just take the plus 135 that Silva wins overall. You're catching a plus line. Uh, they don't, they don't have the props. Here's a spoiler. They don't have the props listed for almost every other fight. So we're just going to have to wait and see what they, what they set the lines as. Mm. 
So there we go. We'll keep an eye on that. And when I post your picks, we'll on Friday on the app, we'll, we'll see. Enough stuff. But I love it. You guys are taking a dog. I'm going to follow you no matter what. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. What do we got up next? Uh, Thomas Almeida versus Jonathan Martinez. Is Check. that what you've got? Yes, sir. Lovely stuff. Um, these two are very, very similar in terms of their approach going into this one. Almeida is the slight favorite. Not in the best of forms recently. He's lost three out of his last five. Whereas you look at Martinez, he's you know on a mixed sort of spell himself. He's won three out of his last five fights. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a, a clash in terms of uh, the striking department, whereby both men, they've got that southpaw reach. And it's going to be a case of who's striking better in this fight. I mean, stand-up, again, like I said, both men are very capable on the feet and they both have a high finish ability. Um, I can sort of understand why Amelie does a sort of slight favourite going into this one. I think he has a power edge, but there's still, I don't think there's still some questions that we need to uh, to be answered from um, on Almeida's part, really. I mean, we haven't seen him fight in a while, and I, I don't know. I think in terms of, like I said, the striking department, he certainly has the edge, but he's not, like I said, he's not in the best of form recently, so he's sort of going to want to sort of come up clutch in this one and potentially look to find some winning momentum in this one, get back on the wing column and certainly, you know, push his way up the bantamweight rankings. And I certainly do think he has the ability to get this one done. I think in terms of the striking um, department, like I said, I think he's far more superior than his opponent in Martinez. And it's, like I said, it's going to be a case of who can catch, who can uh, knock who out first and who can land those significant shots early on. Martinez does land a lot of significant strikes per minute. He's very quick from the get-go. He's got a lot of finishes under his belt. Again, like Almeida, but Almeida's certainly very athletic. He's got a good striking background, but he's also got a very good Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. He's very versatile in his approach. It's going to be a case of who's going to be the aggressor early on. I'm probably leaning towards Almeida on this one. I'm going to go for the slight favorite. I'm going to go for an Almeida via second round TKO. Second round TKO. Excellent. Mason? I I agree with a lot of what James is saying. Um, I've gone for... Almeida by a first round TKO, but I think I think both guys have the ability to defeat each other again like previous fights, but I'm just going for a Thomas Almeida first round TKO. All right, yeah. Uh, Almeida, James alluded to it, a slight favorite. He opened up minus 144, minus 132 now. Uh, Jonathan Martinez opened up plus 125, plus 115 now. Yeah, I kind of like where you guys are at. I'm just looking at these stats, and it looks like Almeida... I would give him the edge. I mean, no, Almeida's had some tough times in his last couple of fights, but I think you're probably right. I'm going to follow you guys on this one. Here we go. No surprises yet. No surprises Not yet. yet. Not yet. What do we got up next? Uh, next up, we've got Mateus Gamot versus Guram Kutaletsi. Uh, Is that mm-hmm. who you've got? Mm-hmm. Again, you've got a guy in two very with two very impressive resumes, as you like to call it, two very great records. You've got Matos, who's undefeated, and Guram, who is on a decent run himself. He's 11-2. and two. I believe he's making his UFC debut. So, again, I'm very much looking forward. This is certainly one of the, the more ones to watch fights on the un, on the sort of uh, prelim fight. So, keep an eye on this one, because Gamrot is 17-0. He won the KSW line. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little 
Mad? If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Wait, title in 2016 is sort of recognised in well across the Europe European outlets. One of the Poland's better fighters to come out of the country and sort of stake a claim as a, a you know a very hard hitting lightweight. And potentially, you know, he's going to look for the belt in this one. That record speaks for itself, really. 17 and 0. Very impressed with him as of late. I think they're very similar in terms of their their in their approach. I think. Uh, Kutalepsi has got to be very, very, very careful that he's got to keep away from that sort of striking range. And he's very skilled, Kutalepsi, in wherever the fight goes, but he just needs to be a bit more defensive. And he's sort of yet to show his superior striking. In a way, I just think he needs to sort of throw more in this fight rather than sort of look to make this a sort of slugfest and... You know, he's got the edge in terms of the speed in his hands and his power. But again, we need to see a bit more of that striking. I think uh, Gamrot is certainly a tough matchup for Guram on this, on the, <clears throat> with this fight. I think this one goes the distance. I think Gamrot is very seasoned in his approach and he's very versatile. And I think he's too skilled for a guy like Kutalepsi. But there's certainly a path to victory for Kutalepsi. But if Gamrot, you know, right from the get-go, grinds this out and potentially looks to take this fight to the floor or against the cage, then we may see Gamal take this one by decision. But again, if you can see Kutalepsi uses striking on display, which we haven't seen recently, but you know, there's potential there in his striking. We've seen that, but if he doesn't, you know, exploit Gamal's approach in terms of getting the fight up against the cage, getting it down to the floor early on, then it's just going to become a Gamal fight. So I'm going to go for a gamut by decision. I don't think he'll get the finish. Hmm. I just, I'm going to go for a decision. I just don't see a way, from my sort of perspective anyway, I don't see how this fight gets finished. Mason, is it going to finish? Um, 
I'd li- I'd like to disagree with James, but on this one, I'm actually agreeing with him for once because he's he's got the exact same answer as I've gone for. I think Gamrot can do it both on the feet and on the ground. But as we know, the guy is fighting; he can defeat he can defeat him easily. Well, I wouldn't say easily, but he's got the ability to defeat Gamrot. But I, I agree with James. I'm going for a Gamrot via decision. Okay, uh, Gamrot is minus three oh nine. So pretty, pretty solid favorite. Uh, Garam is plus two fifty. That's kind of how it. That's kind of how it opened. Yeah, it moved around a little bit, but it kind of settled right back to where it opened. So we'll have to see what kind of what kind of money we're getting on the decision here. Looks like just looks like this is going to be pretty one sided. <laughs> pretty pretty one sided. I'm going to follow you guys. To say the least. Yeah. Whew. All right. So next up, uh, Robertson. Right, Jillian Robertson. Yeah, Jillian Robertson versus Pollyanna Patello. Mm-hmm. I'm so torn in this one. I'm, I've got the winner. I know I think he's going to win. I, it's just a case of how she gets it done. I'm going to go for a Robertson win, just for a quick heads up. But Pollyanna, it's very inconsistent in her UFC career. I mean, she got she beat some you know low level competition. She got a big sort of step up in competition against Cynthia Calvillo. In 2018, lost via a rear naked choke. And, you know, a woman like Gillian Robertson, she's very, very, very accomplished on the mat. And it's going to be a case. If Botello can get this done, she's got to use her movement well and sort of jab to keep Robertson at bay and use her great four-inch reach advantage over Robertson to keep the fight away from Robertson and not play into her hands. Because as soon as Robertson, you know, wraps around you and shoots then it's going to be a tough night at the office because she's got a lot of submission wins under her belt, Gillian Robertson. She's 8-4. Although Patella has a better record, she certainly does have the ability on the feet and she's got to certainly use that jab to keep Robertson at bay. But eventually with her, she's just going to get the fight to the floor early on. And if Cynthia Calvillo can submit Poliana, then I genuinely think a more, a more capable wrestler in Robertson as well. And a, far superior BJJ expert in Robertson can get the fight to floor very early on and make this a quick night at the office. So I'm going to go for a Jillian Robertson via first one submission. Whoa. Mason, you that bold too? I, I, I wouldn't say that bold. Um, I go for Robertson decision. I think she's going to take the fight to the floor in each round. I think she's just going to dominate from there out. And as James says, um, she's, she can easily submit her under. I don't know if she will, but I think he's going to go to the decision and Robertson will take this one. Pretty big shift here. We're looking at the money lines. Uh, Jillian Robertson opened up minus 247. She's minus 211 now. So she's gotten 36 cents better. Pollyanna opened up plus 205, plus 178 now. So whew, whatever reason, it looks like, I mean, Pollyanna is getting much, much better in her odds and Jillian's getting worse. So, man, I don't know. Scary fight here. I'm looking forward to see what what kind of lines we're getting on this one, but this shift is kind of scaring me off a little bit. All right. Uh, John Phillips, correct? Yeah, John Phillips, um, Junior Park. Now, when you look at Phillips uh, recently or over his career, he's lost, he's given up his back far too easily uh, for my liking. He's got a lot of, uh, defeats fire submission whereby you look at a guy like Union Park he's very well rounded in his approach he can take the fight to the floor he can compete wherever the fight goes really and he's coming off of a decision win over Marc-Andre Barriol 
and you look at John Phillips, <laughs> unfortunately, he's coming off of a, a loss to Kamzat Chemaev. And again, as of right now, from what you've seen, there's just there's, there's no shame in losing to Hamzat Chemaev. I mean, this man is on an unprecedented streak right now. That He's got all the credentials to become a top, top star. So no shame. John Phillips is far, far, far superior in terms of the experience-wise. Youngin Park's got a, a reasonably solid record. And again, it's going to be a case of if Union Park can get the fight to the floor early on, then you just not ultimately know John Phillips is going to give up his back and Park's going to get the submission. He's got okay wrestling, Park, but he's got the ability to get the fight to the floor and compete against a guy like John Phillips. He's just not sort of capable on the mat. It's very susceptible to the choke. Park, he's, he's okay. He's more of a technical boxer. And I think Phillips, if the fight's standing, then he could have the ability to knock Union Park out. He's he's got punches chance if the fight's standing, but again with Phillips, although he's a decent striker, he's just you know he hasn't he's unable to sort of land those hard shots very early on. And I, I, I don't know this one. I think ultimately Park's game plan is definitely going to get to the fights to the floor very very early on because Phillips he's got six submission losses in his career, and you know once he's in trouble, he's just going to give up his back. So I think. Park's best chance to get the fight to the floor early on. I think he does that. And if he does, then he'll get the early submission. So I'm going to be an optimistic in my approach. I'm going to go for a young and part by a first one submission. <laughs> That's optimism, huh? Well, yeah. I, I don't know what the best is saying, but could be optimistic. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mason, are you as optimistic? Um, I, I'm, I'm going kind of the opposite to James. I've gone John Phillips first round TKO. And as James said in his... In Phillips's last fight, he lost to Hamzat Chemaev. And like you said, again, there's no shame in losing to someone like Chemaev, who's on the streak he's on. I think in any fight, whoever lands the cleanest punch has the ability to knock someone out. And I think John, I've got a feeling John Phillips is going to have that look on the night. So I'm going for a first round TKO for John Phillips. That's bold. That's bold. It's not quite, um, it's not quite uh, uh, Bruno, Bruno Silva bold, but it's, it's bold. <laughs> I'm not started on that. Bruno won that fight. You're on. <laughs> uh, Park opened up minus 220, minus 253 now. So looks like the money's probably siding on him pretty well. Phillips opened up plus 185. He's plus 210 now. So Phillips ended up, you know, a reasonable, started a reasonable favorite and is now a pretty or reasonable dog and is now a pretty healthy dog. The thing that scares me, Jesus, looking at these UFC stats, Phillips has what, 33 fights and his takedown defense is 11%. Oh, God. oh boy that's dude, that's terrifying sorry mason i gotta follow james that's just yeah. you'll, you'll regret it you'll regret oh, it huh? yeah I, reg- I may have lots of regrets well even on if the fight's standing obviously all the fights have got to start standing i think park does have the ability to sort of absorb those shots and john phillips there's no denying that he's got some power in those hands john phillips but i think park is definitely more technical in his approach and again if you look at John Phillips, and if you're Union Park, you're going to want to take the fight to the floor early on because, as um, Arch discussed earlier, his defense and his takedown ability is just horrendous. And like I said, once he gives up his back, you know he's going to give up the fight, John Phillips. So yeah. I think Park's best bet is to certainly get the fight to the floor, but I can see it going the decision if both are going to stand and trade because I don't know if who's probably got the power advantage to knock someone out. Maybe Phillips. But Park's definitely more technical to avoid those hard shots. But again, if I was Park, I'd probably want to get the fight done and dusted very early on. And the way to do that is to look for the submission. 
Yeah, yeah. All right. So, what do we got up next? Uh, I've got Farazian versus Jamie Malaki. So you've got yes. This was one I'm really torn on. I I mean, both have got very impressive stats on paper. They've got a lot of finishes under their belt. And again, I think going into this one, they're both coming off of a defeat. I think Jamie's the slight, slight, slight favourite going into this one, I think. I think this has just got all the credentials to go uh, to a decision on this one. I think stylistically, they both match up well in a way. And he's got the sort of ability to hold, uh, Malarkey anyway, certainly has the ability to hold his own wherever the fight goes. He can compete striking and he can compete on the floor. And that's the one thing, you know, that's impressed me with uh, Jamie. And ZM, I, I don't know. I think he's very, he's very young. He's 23 and he just doesn't have that experience yet. He's fought a lot of, you know, he's fought a lot professionally for his age group so far. But if sort of Malarkey can sort of keep up the great strike and the movement and sort of mix the takedowns, I think he can get the win. Because like I said, Jamie's very versatile in his approach. Like I said, wherever the fight goes, he's capable of competing and that's certainly going to be tough for a youngster like Faraz who's just you know might not know what to do because if Jamie's constantly mixing in the takedowns the, the strikes early on getting up in the clinch and again he'll probably definitely struggle, struggle in this department and I think CM's defence is just not up to scratch and Malarkey certainly his plan B is going to be wrestling but you know in the striking department he's capable to hold his own and in that sort of sense, I'm sort of leaning towards Jamie on this one. I just like the bloke and wherever, like I said, wherever the fight goes, he's capable of competing and certainly imposing his dominance on the fight. And for a guy like Farazian, I just don't know if he's going to get the win on this one. I'm going to go for a lurky fire decision. All right. Mason? Uh, well, as we know, we've seen, well, J- Jamie can do it, can stand up on the feet and do it on the ground as well. He's got he's got decent ground and pound because I've seen he's got a few wins via ground and pound as well. I'm going for a Jamie Malarkey third round TKO. Oh, both of you. All right. He's going to win one one way or the other. Okay. Uh, M- Jamie opened up uh, minus 120 and then just kind of shot right up to minus 142. So ni- nice favorite there. Uh, ZM opened up plus 105 and now plus, 120, or plus 123. So it started off a lot closer and then once the the guys with the money got their hands on it it started to started to widen so it looks like people are back in if you guys are both agreeing who am i to disagree so I, <laughs> yeah, i'll i'll follow you i'll follow you guys we'll, we're going to catch a plus line on this one we've got to if it's only minus 142 we're going to be catching some serious plus lines on props all right just a couple left right yeah uh yeah if we've got is it two? Two, two left? left yeah. yeah. I've got two yeah. left. Yeah, that's not too bad. We've, you know, we've done well so far. Um, oh, Christ. The next one I'm definitely going to butcher if I haven't butchered already. <laughs> uh, oh, Christ. We've got Gazi Murad uh, Anti Gudov versus Max and Grisham. Uh, what the hell? I'm not going to change it. Uh, you know, it's there. It's there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. I think certainly from what I've seen so far, Maxine is the, the superior favorite going into this one. Um, Antelugov is not on the most impressive runs right now he started off his UFC career very very well but uh, as of late he's on a three fight losing streak and one thing that stands out for me in this fight is the sheer advantage in terms of the height and the reach for Maxime 
Yeah, I think he stands at six foot three, mm-hmm. whereas uh, Antelukov is five foot eleven. So that's going to be a tough one in this fight, to say the least. I think a guy like Maxim Grishin can certainly pick his shots early on. He's very, very experienced. I think he's thirty six. You know, so fair play to him. He's very experienced all over the gaff. So I'm probably going to lean towards Maxime on this one, even though Antelukov is very experienced as well. I just think on the feet, Maxime certainly has the ability to sort of blitz him early on. I just think he has a solid, he's got a solid defensive wrestling. If, you know, Antelukov wants to take the fight to the floor, Christian's just going to do whatever he can to, to keep the fight standing. And in a way, I think the sheer size advantage is just going to, paved the way for Grishin to sort of outclass his opponent and just simply dismantle him. And I think he will get the fight done early, early on and going to go for a Grishin via first round TKO. Mason? Um, I've gone for the same winner, but I've got a slightly different approach. I think Grishin's going to take him down. I think he could dominate him. I, I know we're probably thinking the opposite, but I think he, I think that could happen, and I think I got a feeling it's going to happen. So I'm, I'm going for a Christian decision. I think he's going to dominate him for the three rounds. Yeah, yeah. Christian, Christian opened up a ridiculous favorite, minus three ninety nine. He's minus three fifty three now. I, I, I don't know if I'd read too much into that. I just think maybe you know. Uh... The other guy, I'm not even going to try. The other guy (laughs) catching plus 310. I think there's probably enough value. You would just throw a bet on him plus 310 and hope the lottery ticket cashes. Uh, But, yeah, you know, I really, looking at these average fight times, Grishin's average fight time is 15 minutes. Uh, You got to follow, in my mind, I want to follow Mason maybe, unless unless that payout is just terrible, just terrible. I'm probably going to end up following Mason. We'll keep an eye on that. Wise choice, Arch. Yeah, well, there you go. We can't always can't always follow James every every play. I mean, yeah. You can't. The favorite's not always going to win, James. So I know the MMA is a very unpredictable game, but again, you just got to listen to me, Arch. If you want to make some money, I mean, <laughs> I know we didn't do as well as we should last week, but again, oh, we those numbers speak for himself. We did pretty good. We did pretty good. Well, so, yeah. we didn't, you know, get as much profit as we probably should have done. Or could have done, to say the least. But oh well. All right. So we last fight we, is going to be a massacre. <laughs> yep. Go for it. Oh God. Uh, we've got said the Magomedov versus Mark Striegel, who will be making his UFC debut, and it's going to be a tough night at the office for a guy like Striegel who's fighting said Magomedov. Lost his last fight by a decision to Barcelos. And that was back in December 2019. And before that, he's got a very impressive record. He's 13-2. And like you said, you talked about fight times, etc. Said does tend to go the distance. He's got a couple of finishes under his belt. He does tend to go the distance throughout this fight. Um, For Striegel, I think, I I generally don't see a path to victory for him. He's had a bit of a, a left, to say the least. I think he's got a... If he needs to, he's got to improve his stand-up, I think, from my sort of perspective, when you look at Mark Striegel. If he hasn't improved his stand-up, then I think Nemagomedov is just going to eat him alive on the feet. And I don't know, I think maybe Nemagomedov's sort of risk and attacks very right from the get-go may leave him vulnerable to potential takedown, like Barcelos did. But again, I just think Nemagomedov's very defensive, certainly has the ability to sort of pick Striegel apart wherever the fight goes. I don't think... I don't think there'll be a finish in this one. I just think the Magomedov will sprawl and spin wherever the fight goes, and he will be comfortable in his approach, whether it's on the feet or whether it's on the mat. 
you've got to feel sorry for uh, Mark Striegel. He's been matched up against a, a Dagestani killer in a way. In um, Mark Striegel, uh, not Mark Striegel, said Nurmagomedov. I'm going to go for Nurmagomedov uh, via decision on this one. I generally feel for Mark on this one. He's just an absolute Russian killer. And nowadays, it's very hard to not go against the Russians on this one. You have to back them no matter what because they will get the job done. You look at Nurmagomedov's resume or record or whatever he's a very impressive was unfortunate in his last fight against Barcelos but again I think wherever the fight goes Nemego Medov will be comfortable in the decision victory all right Mason what do you got man um I do agree with James on part of that I think no matter where the fight is Nemego Medov's gonna have the edge I think he's gonna be able to take it to the floor but he can also stand and trade he's got a couple of TKOs in his record and I'm gonna go for a first round Nemego Medov TKO victory all right yeah, this is looking bad. Uh, Magomedov opened up minus 431. He's minus 415 now. Uh, Mark opened up plus 330. He's plus 320 now. So, I mean, it, it is getting, you know, it's getting worse for said and getting better for Mark. But that's just people trying to, I think, throw some money on a value play. Just hoping that there's a mir- mm. miracle. I wouldn't read too much into it. This looks pretty bad. This looks like a, a massacre. Of course, you know, I said the same thing. Like, well, look... uh, you know, I said the same thing about Jan Blankowicz a few weeks back. And yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. How many polls does it take to make Arch look stupid? One. <laughs> yeah, just the one. Yeah. All right. We gotta. We're gonna have to research this and see what the props are because I can't imagine we're gonna catch much of a, much of a plus line in this fight, no matter what. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I just don't think we're gonna find a lot of value. This may be a fight we just skip altogether. Yeah. I, I, from a sort of betting perspective, I'd probably definitely skip this one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I was hoping Mason would take a, you know, a decision win here by uh, Mark, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. then, and then complain to everybody that the judges got it wrong. <laughs> right. Bruno Silva won that fight last week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a matter of the scorecard reads uh, differently. Yeah. It doesn't matter. does not matter. Oh. All right, boys. So UFC Deluxe is James Mason. I'm sorry. What's your Twitter handle? It's uh, MMA Mason. MMA Mason. And of course, they're both over on the DJ's app too. Fucking oh, cool. shit every now and yeah, then. Yeah, come on. You got to plug that. You got to plug that. Arch. I don't think you plug app. it enough. No, I, maybe I don't. Maybe I, I'll leave it to you. You can plug it for me, James. Well, I mean, I'm a I'm, I'm a youthful bloke. I'm 21, and for nowadays, us kids. Sorry, Arch. Us kids tend to scroll through our phone rather than going on Safari, typing in the DJ's uh, absolute spot degeneracy. They have an app now. Um, for, for a guy like me and for a guy like Mason, it's certainly certainly worth your while because I, you know, I'm bored of going on Safari and googling absolute spot degeneracy. With no disrespect, I'd prefer if there was an app now and. Long behold, you've gone up now, and you know it's certainly a great way to connect with a lot of people and a lot of guys who are into their gambling and their betting, and you know it's just a perfect way to interact with new people. And I've had it for as soon as it came out because Arch was on to me about it, but I was always going to get it, and I've enjoyed it ever since. It's certainly an easy layout to wrap your head around, and yeah, thoroughly worth the download. So if you're on Android or even if you're on Apple, it's there for you, and download it from the App Store, and yeah. And, and and the birds, oh, as you would say, the birds love a man with the the, the uh, DJ's app. Yeah, I think you've got a definitely. Well, yeah, we, that's how we say. It. I think you've got yeah, because obviously you've invested in the merch game, haven't you? Yeah. So that's certainly <laughs> a slogan 
for a new t-shirt the, the birds love the dj now <laughs> christ they're gonna be scratching at the bit as soon as i'm wearing that t-shirt mate um no doubt all right so enough of that commercial <laughs> Ma- mason give us your commercial sports sesh that's your podcast with you do with james sometimes sometimes you do with james <laughs> i was in a lecture today come on uh, we take no excuses here james i'll talk about today's episode we filmed our first ever live episode of the Sports Sesh podcast. We had Manchester top teams head coach Carl Prince on. That'll be on YouTube now, so everyone go check it out. And I'm there every single episode, no excuses, unlike the co-host who can be there when he wants to be. But search the Sports Sesh podcast on YouTube and we've also got a Facebook page, same name. And to be fair, you, you get me typing in there a bit, but James chats a lot of shit in there. So if, if you don't want to listen to that, mute James in the group. I wouldn't blame you. I've already, I've even muted myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we got the sports sesh podcast. You guys are on Twitter. We got all the UFC fights, man. That's it. Why don't you guys get out of here? Take care, mate. Thank you for having me on again. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its content. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.